Welcome to the Dollars and Cents Radio Show with your host, accountant and author Carol Topp, the homeschool CPA. Carol takes confusing topics such as money and business and puts them into clear English. She's ready to share her knowledge with you on today's show. Hello, everybody. This is Carol Topp from homeschoolcpa.com back with another episode of the podcast called Dollars and Cents Show. You can find all the podcasts over at homeschoolcpa.com slash podcast. I hope you liked the last episode. It was about the reasons why some homeschool leaders form inclusive groups, meaning they don't really care what methods you use to homeschool. They allow the public school at home students as well as the more traditional homeschool students in their group. And this was prompted from a Facebook group that I've um, been a member of for a long time and also help moderate. And the Facebook group is called I Am a Homeschool Group Leader. And you can pop on over to a Facebook if you're, you know, join Facebook and, and join our group. We've got about 430 leaders from all across the United States. And the discussion there is frequently very positive, and you'll see from this discussion, which occurred in um, early mid-June of 2018, about the different reasons why people uh, homeschooled or ran their groups either as inclusive groups, meaning open, allowing everybody in, or more exclusive groups. And it wasn't really a a criticism or you're doing it wrong, no no criticism at all. It was really just uh, an explanation of why they made the decisions that they made. So for this episode, I want to talk about the reasons why some leaders gave that their groups were exclusive, meaning they had to limit who they let join and the reasons for that. And I think you'll find some of the reasons to be very interesting. Sometimes they were practical. Sometimes they were more philosophical. I think I'll share some more of those more philosophical reasons, especially from a few leaders who are active in legislation or at the state level and their viewpoints you might find very interesting as well. So let me dive in with the reasons why a homeschool group might exclude their membership to just be, oh, what we might call traditional homeschoolers, or some people use the word legal homeschoolers, which is can vary by state, because you know the, the state laws of what it takes to homeschool vary by state, or someone even used the word pure homeschoolers. I don't know what to call them, okay? <laughs> the words are sometimes loaded, sometimes um, you don't come across very well to others. So we're just going to try to use the word exclusive here, and I'm going to quote from people. So if the words are their words, I'm going to use their words. All right, yeah, words are interesting. Okay, first of all, one of the reasons why someone might keep their group exclusive to Um, quote, legal homeschoolers is one that Lisa shared. Lisa's from Georgia. She says that her group started over 10 years ago. And she said, I think the biggest reason that we are exclusive is in order to fulfill our mission. Leadership can only meet the needs of so many people. I heard this a, a couple of times. I can't be everything to everybody. I got to limit who I can serve. This is what Lisa's saying. The needs of moms who are what she's calling legal homeschoolers and therefore are the authority over the student is very different from the needs of those who don't have that authority and therefore have very little actual decision-making power. So what she's saying is she felt the group's mission was to help those moms who had more authority to pick the curriculum and, and homeschool 
actually sometimes I'm putting words in, in um, Lisa's mouth here, but sometimes more freedom to homeschool. And maybe then therefore had more needs of the support. So basically, and I did hear from other people too, Jacqueline writes about, hey, uh, the reason our group is exclusive a little like Lisa's is because the people started it that way and I just joined and mostly I can't be everything to everyone. Then there was an interesting discussion from a couple of ladies who uh, shared their stories of what was going on in their local area. And basically they... uh, group their group decided to stay exclusive because if they uh, if they opened it up uh to public school at home kids their programs would be overcrowded (laughs) yeah okay so for example lana shares that many of our activities get so full that there are waiting lists (laughs) and it doesn't seem fair for those activities to get filled with people who have other places to go for those opportunities. You see, she explained in an earlier sentence that in her area, the families that use the public school at home or the charter school at home programs already, those programs and those schools provide field trips in socials and support for those families. So she didn't feel as though her group needed to supply those activities because they were being met by somebody else. She instead, like she said, didn't seem quite quite fair since we have a waiting list to get in. Unbelievable, huh? It's it's so interesting. I don't know what part of the country Lane is from right now, but so interesting that sometimes homeschool leaders tell me, my homeschool group is dying here. And others folks like Lena says, are you kidding? We got a waiting list. We're turning people away. Interesting, huh? Then I want to say that um, a woman named Christine chimed in and said, well, one of the reasons we have to limit our members is because we fire safety. <laughs> we can only have 110 building people in the building at a time. So, you know, or the church won't run to us. Okay. But then, so that's a very practical reason why you would have to limit the people in your, in your group. But she went on to tell these two stories, um, which I found just interesting. Maybe you will too. Christine goes on to say, we found that very young families wanted to join us, her exclusive homeschool group, to learn how to homeschool or that it felt more official as a way to start. Like, I'm going to join this group that makes me feel like I'm officially homeschooling. This swamped our tiny pre-K room and all the other parents were so busy teaching group activities that they had no time to mentor these young families anyhow. (laughs) Oh dear. Okay, then she goes on to say, One of our members overheard a group of young moms at a playground describe how inexpensive we were and that nice Christian ladies would teach your kids for you at cheaper than the daycare prices. (laughs) And they said, when they heard that, we added this rule that the oldest child in your family had to be homeschooling because that way we only had younger siblings in the coveted pre-K classes. Can you believe that? Uh, Christine actually writes, she, well, I don't know what state she's from, so I won't say. But isn't that interesting that people found out, oh, this homeschool program, who doesn't really care if you're legally homeschooling or not, will, you know, use them for cheap daycare. It's like, oh, no, 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 no. So her group became exclusive for that and also for the reasons that it was the pre-k area was getting overcrowded with with moms basically wanting the idea of starting to homeschool or information on homeschooling but weren't homeschooling because they only had preschoolers yet so it's just a practical thing like we're not all going to fit in the building we can't let you in because we're, we're trying to meet the needs of 
people who are actively homeschooling. So interesting, huh? Okay, another reason why people might choose to exclusively homeschool was uh, stated by Lisa, and she said, um, well, there are challenges no matter what. And Lisa, I think, is one of the leaders who's run both an exclusive group, like we're talking about now, and the more inclusive type of homeschool group, which I talked about in the last episode. So challenges no matter what, she writes. You're working with a group of moms, all who have a very different idea about parenting, education, etc., but it has been my experience that the exclusive group was much easier. The inclusive group saw heated discussions about various methods of education, etc. It was not pleasant, and both sides frequently felt judged. Now, the dynamic may be exactly the opposite in your group, and, and sometimes that's outside of your control, but sometimes you can do a lot to influence the, the tenor of a group and the judgmental feel of a group. But obviously Lisa felt, uh, or, or she was powerless, and felt that that inclusive group, which should have been more open and accepting of everybody's ideas, was actually quite the opposite and had all these heated discussions about various methods. Whew! Not what you would have expected, but that is the experience, at least, of Lisa. She found it was easier to run a group that had exclusivity. Then there was an interesting comment brought up by a woman named Tammy, and other people um, found that was kind of interesting. I think Tammy might be in Michigan, but she pointed out that one of the reasons her group uh, decided they needed to be exclusive had to do with their participation in a national sports tournament. Okay, so she writes, The national homeschool sports tournaments do not allow them, meaning the public school at home students. Uh, So if they are on your sports team, you may want to know before you plan on signing them up for the tournaments. Just FYI. So very interesting. And and other people chimed in with, with, well, it's different in our state. So... You know, it's it's just difficult to tell what your particular state's laws about homeschooling are or what your particular local area might be experiencing. Devon, who's in Kentucky, said it's actually the exact opposite in her experience. In Kentucky, homeschoolers cannot participate in public school sports teams, and um, but any public school at at home students can't either. So it's, it's just, what I'm pointing out is that you need to be aware of some of these restrictions. Um, maybe for like national sports competitions you want to be a part of, or even I believe HSLDA, the Homeschool Legal Defense Association, would say uh, you need to be legally homeschooling in your state. They don't defend uh, folks who are using the public school at home programs. Uh, again, it just has to be a matter of clarity of your mission. And I heard that over and over and again in the Facebook group. Like, decide what your mission is, what your group's going to focus on. And it may change. Some of these groups started, you know, to try to be open and had to become exclusive for various reasons. Or some were exclusive and maybe found they were dying and found that they could meet the needs of, of more parents who were educating at home, whether it was public school at home or charter school at home or something like that. And so they open their groups up. So I hope this is food for thought. Kind of interesting. There'll be one more episode on this topic of inclusive versus exclusive homeschool groups. 
Uh, and uh, I hope you find it interesting. Maybe you're going to take it back to your leaders of your homeschool program and, and figure out when, if ever, you need to make a change. And maybe you don't. But, but I will close with, with pointing out a wonderful comment that a woman named Jacqueline made. And she just said, you know, um, homeschooling is changing. She's like me, um, been homeschooling a while. I'm actually retired now. My kids are grown up. But um, Jacqueline has been homeschooling for about 20 years. And she says, the needs are changing. Homeschooling is not what it was 20 years ago when I started, and groups must be flexible to these changes or they die. And unfortunately, Jacqueline has a homeschool group in Alaska that is probably dying. Too few are, are willing to step in and help, and there's just too few of them. So, you know, but she's looking at, well, maybe I'm going to turn somewhere else. Maybe I'm going to start an inclusive group. Or maybe she's going to just take a break because she jokes about maybe I'll just step back a bit and just homeschool my children. That might be kind of inviting. <laughs> so, you know, times change. You're going to change. You're going to grow. The groups your needs are going to, the needs of your groups are going to change and grow as, as society changes and homeschooling changes. So I'll do my best to keep up. I find these discussions very interesting. That's why, although I'm not actively homeschooling anymore, I like to hang out at the Facebook group groups like I am a, a homeschool group leader and uh, come and join us and also check out my website homeschool CPA for information like this podcast and blog posts and books to help you be the best leader you can possibly be to meet the needs of your group and, and help these parents homeschool. Thank you for joining the Dollars and Cents radio show with Carol Top here at the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. For more helpful information, visit Carol at her website, homeschoolcpa.com.